Dr. Dana Barbel joins us on Fridays. And let me just tell you, if you'd like to ask a question, 312-981-7200. A lot of comments coming in after our conversation with Terry Savage. Someone said, since you're talking about old movies, Lisa, remember when there was a run on the Bailey Building and Loan and It's a Wonderful Life? George Bailey, Jimmy Stewart, told his clients the same thing. He was able to convince people to take out less and he had only $2 bills left. Well, that grabbed my attention because my grandpa used to give us $2 bills at Christmas. My nephew carries on that tradition and always carries $2 bills. He tips with them. He gives them to kids and people. And I just read an article. Some of those $2 bills might now be worth $4,500. So read that article if you have those $2 bills in your possession. And... Welcome to the show, Dr. Varble. How are you today? I think somebody's got to hit her phone for me. Hey, there you are. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I was gonna. Say, I was actually frantically looking for the two dollar bills that my dad used to give me for presents. Now maybe I'm sitting on a little bit of a treasure trove, and I didn't even realize it. That's so exciting. Your dad did it because my grandpa did it, and it was always yeah. fun as a kid, right? You're like a two dollar bill. <laughs> it was always different. It was special. It made it more of a gift rather than just just money. And of course, when you're a kid, you just thought it was cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I've hung on to some of them, so I am going to go check that out. Uh, Dr. Dana Varble is the Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. She is also Chicago's Exotic Pet Vet. You can find her at ExoticPetVet.com. But this is an important month because March is Pet Poison Month. That's an issue. We always see the signs when we go to a vet office. Don't feed your dogs this. Don't let them get into that. <laughs> but I've got to think that now, like with children... Cannabis-related mm-hmm. products are an issue. Well, they, you know, and they always were. There's something about the marijuana plant that always seems to attract, the cannabis plant that always seems to attract, um, especially dogs, but sometimes cats as well. You know, we know it's very, it's got a strong smell. It's very aromatic. Um, and for whatever reason, animals seem to really want to eat it. Um so it has always been an issue. It's it's certainly more of an issue in places like Illinois, where we know it's legal for recreational and medicinal use. So um, interestingly enough, cats and dogs, and again, especially dogs, have always been attracted to it. We have pretty profound response to it. Um, they tend to get a lot of the bad parts of it um, really readily apparent. So they can be both more sedate and more reactive. So you have a pet that's maybe like, super sleepy, quiet, and then all of a sudden jumps or runs around the room or seems to get almost twitchy. Um, they can also get a lot of urine, you know, basically dribbling of urine with it. Ah. So that's, yeah. That's, well, that's you what know. you get for leaving that crap out for your animals, Dean. Yeah. I hope they pee all over to your house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing for pets, cats or dogs. So, And it doesn't seem to take very much, Lisa, to get them to have some pretty profound effects. Now, the good news is it's rarely fatal, but we can see some, again, really low heart rate, really excessive sedation with it, so it's not recommended for pets at all. And and what are the other toxins and poisons that we need to be concerned with stuff in our house, especially if you've got a puppy? Yeah, you know, puppies love to get into stuff, don't they? Uh, (laughs) And they love to find things that you didn't think were a problem. And I always tell people, you know, the probably the, one of the biggest concerns we have is actually either medications, whether over-the-counter or prescription medications. 
Kill vials that are child-proof are not puppy-proof. They're not even close to being puppy-proof. It's shocking how fast that they can get them in their mouth and use their teeth to just pop the cap off. So, again, over-the-counter medications, especially things like Tylenol, ibuprofen, Advil, aspirin, pretty safe for people, can be very, very unsafe for pets. Um, Very little Tylenol can be a deadly toxin to a cat. And again, ibuprofen, there's no amount of ibuprofen that is safe for dogs or cats. So very dangerous drugs, very, very common, though. So keep those out of the way of pets. And what about foods? I, I, mean, I think most of us, if we've mm-hmm. had animals for a long time, we know the standards, right? Grapes are on that list? They are. You know, we it's something that's relatively new, and it's actually toxin in the skin of the grapes. So remember, raisins are just kind of dryish grapes. So grapes and raisins both contain a toxin that can cause kidney failure. And it seems to have be very individual, meaning some dogs can snack on grapes and never get sick and never feel the effects, but other dogs can get just a handful of raisins or grapes and go into kidney failure. So again, I consider no amount safe. Um, if your dog were to ingest grapes or raisins, please contact the vet. They're going to want to induce vomiting do some things to protect the kidneys right away. Um, if we catch them early, if you catch it right when it happens, the prognosis, meaning their, their chances of being okay, are, are really high. But especially if there's a delayed effect, um, it can cause pretty significant problems. Awesome. And you know what's Thank on you. that list, Lisa, that I always forget about? <laughs> raisin bread. <laughs> oh, raisin bread. Oh, my yeah, dogs are notorious. Always, yes, they love it. It's not safe. So keep it away from your pets. Yeah, I, my, my bread has to be locked up behind a cupboard because mm-hmm. if it's anywhere on a counter, they're going to be like, oh, must have left this out for us. And, you know, <laughs> we'll eat a little of the bag to go with the bread, too. Yeah, uh, so. for fun. <laughs> Dr. Dana Barbel is with us. She is the chief vet officer for the North American Veterinary Community and Chicago's exotic pet vet. If she, you have a question, she'll answer them next. That's 312-981-7200. But first, Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, pussycat? We love having Dr. Dana Varbel on WGN. She is a local veterinarian, but also the chief veterinary officer of the North American Veterinary Community. And when I, I always look at your bio and, you know, I, I just appreciate you coming on. And it said, Dana Barbel received her Bachelor of Science in Zoology from Southern Illinois University in 1999, graduating summa cum laude with department, departmental and university honors, having completed an honors thesis evaluating abnormal behavior in captive <laughs> spectacled bears. I got to know, have you seen cocaine bear? <laughs> oh, I haven't. You know, I, I'm like, I'm sort of dreading it, but at the same time, I'm also very curious <laughs> about it. And, I, you know, it's one of those things you almost want to avoid it if you're a veterinarian because you feel like you're going to criticize. You, it's hard yeah. to enjoy those movies, you know? It's hard yeah. to because you're like, am I just going to be critical of every moment of this movie? But, yeah, I was very lucky that I got to do that work. It was actually work, I, observational work I did at the St. Louis Zoo Many years ago now, it was really fun to see how those bears had uh, changed and developed and how they were adapting to captivity. 
And since you are Chicago's exotic pet vet, somebody sent in a text. Steve wants to know, is there any poisons that he should keep away from his rabbit? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, rabbits, you, we don't have as much information on, on what their effects are. But again, a lot of the big things that we want to keep away from dogs and cats, I think, should be on the list for rabbits, too. So although we don't know that grapes can harm rabbits, I don't like them. I feel like it's an unnecessary risk. I have had rabbits grab pills off the floor, believe it or not. Um, and again, so that goes to those over-the-counter and prescription medications. Remember that in general, with a few exceptions, rabbits are significantly smaller than us as humans and often dogs and cats. So a tablet of, uh, of an anti-inflammatory medication or a blood pressure medication can have more significant impact on a rabbit. Also, rabbits don't vomit. So... And when we have dogs and cats come into the veterinary clinic, I can give them medications to induce a vomiting response and get it out of their system. The big disadvantage I have with rabbits is I cannot do that. They don't have the ability to vomit. So it can mean a lot more profound effects on them. Yeah. And on the, so, in the and since we're on that subject, I'd already mm-hmm. read that if dogs eat wild rabbit, rabbit poop, that it's an issue, that it's highly, it's filled with bacteria or something. Yeah, it can be filled with bacteria. And, you know, we know that wild rabbits can carry some bacterial diseases um, that can spread to dogs and cats. It's not a huge issue because, to be honest, if you look in your backyard, if you're cleaning up the dog poop, chances are you notice that there's probably some other animals that have contributed to those piles as well. Um, So it's not a huge issue. Don't panic if your dog walks around and grabs some rabbit poop. For some reason, they love it. They love to grab it, but it's not... Definitely do your best to keep them away from it. Okay. Uh, Keith has been waiting on the line. Keith, thank you so much for calling WGN. What's your question for Dr. Varble? Well, since flea and tick season is coming up here, um, I was wondering, for one thing, what uh, what your preferences were for the preventatives. And several years for several years, I uh, had two of my dogs on the Soresto collars. And then, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago, two years ago, they... They had uh, something that they're causing problems with. Uh, some dogs were getting sick or dying from those collars. And uh, I was just wondering mm-hmm. if you found out what that was all about. And like I said, I was wondering what yeah. your preference was. And one of my dogs actually got neck cancer, like in his throat area. Mm. I was wondering if that collar might have had possibly something to do with it. Thank you for your call, Yeah, those are... Yes. Yeah, the... Yeah, Keith, those are great questions. And if you look up in the news, you'll see that the the maker of the Soresto collar is actually even before Congress to talk about it. Um, you know, it's never been directly linked to uh, the problems that they've claimed it was causing. So, you know, I don't know that it caused cancer or that it didn't work. But, you know, my personal preference is actually either the topical or oral multi um, multi-pest treatments that you get from your veterinarian. The advantage of getting them from your veterinarian is that they're much higher safety protocol and a much more uh, better chance of being highly effective. Over-the-counter meds will work, um, but my biggest concern with them is that sometimes you see resistance, meaning sometimes the fleas and ticks have actually developed ways around them, which kind of (laughs) stinks. So they're still fairly expensive even over-the-counter, but I love, the the, again, the multi-parasite treatments, the ones that get fleas, the ticks, the ones that even get heartworm. It's great. All in one, 
done. You don't have to think about multiple tablets, multiple pills. And again, there's sometimes some specific medical concerns you want to talk to your vet about. So that may push you towards a topical versus an oral medication. Um, some of the oral medications aren't safe for dogs that have seizures or not preferred for dogs that have seizures. And some of the topical stuff can be hard on dogs that have sensitive skin. So talk to your vet, pick out one that works for your dog, and there you go. Okay. Be all set. Uh, back to the poisons, because March is Pet Poison <laughs> Month. Dr. Varble is with us. A few text messages coming in. Someone wants to know okay. about the toxicity of essential oils and other, other fragrances and gum mm. sweetened with xylitol. Oh, the xylitol one is a great one to bring up, but we'll talk about both. Um, essential oils are, are pretty safe. Some of those aromatic compounds, though, can be really irritating. So you want to be really, really cautious about using them on your pets because with them we can see some skin irritation and even more rarely skin burns associated with them. So especially if your dog's having skin problems, use them with a lot of caution. Um, and again, not really safe to ingest. So don't use them for those purposes. Okay. But a lot of caution. Xylitol is a great one because it's something actually that's becoming more widespread. Xylitol is an artificial sweetener. Um, it's great for people because it's really good for our teeth. Um, it turns out it helps us fight cavities, and your dentist will love you if you have it in your gum. But it's very, very dangerous to dogs. And it can be used to sweeten products, especially gum. But we've even seen it in peanut butter, Lisa. So look for it on the label because it can cause actually a dangerous decrease in their blood sugar, and at higher levels can actually cause liver failure. What so about solid coconut that- oil? That's another text coming in. Is that okay? Oh, God. Coconut oil is pretty safe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Probably okay. the biggest thing you see with it is just like them getting into any other oil, it can cause some stomach upset if they're not used to it. So, okay. you know, want to use, use it with a little bit of caution and use it sparingly. And one last call since we've got under a mm-hmm. minute left. Um, this is Peggy. <laughs> Peggy's got a prolific egg layer. Tell us, Peggy, what's oh, going on? <laughs> right. I have an 18 year old African gray parrot. And mm-hmm. she's an egg layer. She, right now she's sitting on four eggs. Um, oh. What can I do to stop her from laying eggs? Because I'm afraid she'll get egg-bound. Yeah, that is a concern, actually. So birds that are prolific layers can get egg-bound. They can also use up all their internal calcium. Um, they use it all in the eggs, and then they don't have any for their own bones, muscles, and heart. So you do want to do your best to prevent them from excessively laying eggs. First, take those eggs away. I know it seems sort of mean, but the more stimulation they have to sit on the eggs, the more likely they are to continue laying eggs. So if you have a bird that lays eggs, get rid of them. The other thing you want to do is cut down all their um, adorable, but that really sweet, lovable behavior, all that loving behavior that they have, that bonding behavior. So mirrors, toys, snuggly toys, and nesting material need to come out of the cage. If they're still laying eggs, you need to probably take them into the veterinarian. We can talk about daylight periods, run some tests to make sure they're still healthy, and even consider some medication to adjust, to basically um, regulate their hormones so that they're not doing that all the time. Yeah, good question. Thank you so much for joining us. And 10 seconds left, but with daylight savings time, do you advise against people giving their dogs anything to help with sleep? Oh, no, it's just a tough time for all of us. Yeah, yeah. None of us are going to like it come Monday. Yeah, Yeah. 
stick with your schedule. They'll adjust as quickly as we will, which sometimes isn't all that good. But just stick with your schedule and you'll be good to go. Dr. Dana Varble, ExoticPetVet.com in Chicago, or you will find her on the website as Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. We so appreciate you. Steve's News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.